Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery, BTR.org. I'm Anne. I'm sure you remember what it was like when you were searching for help, maybe for your husband, hoping to find the right program or therapist. That's why I started podcasting. I supported my husband through seven years of pornography addiction recovery, and not one therapist during that time told me I was experiencing emotional and psychological abuse and sexual coercion. I didn't want any other woman on the planet to be in the dark. If you're like the majority of my listeners, you're experiencing the type of abuse that's invisible and difficult to wrap your head around. Your husband is using porn or having affairs or lying to you, and you're getting the same bad advice about how to improve communication or your relationship. If you need support from women who totally understand, check out our daily group session schedule at btr.org group. We'd love to see you in a session today. One simple anonymous way to help spread the word is to click, follow, or subscribe to the Betrayal Trauma Recovery Podcast on your favorite podcasting app. While you're there, every five-star rating helps make this podcast more visible and will help save other women from getting the wrong kind of help, like a couple program that will make this type of abuse worse. For those of you who follow or subscribe to this podcast, thank you so much. Your support means so much to me. Sheila Gregoire is back on today's episode. If you didn't hear the beginning of our conversation last week, listen to that first and then join us here. We're just going to jump right into it. What would you say for women who are just terrified to set boundaries around this because they don't want to see their marriages fall apart? Well, I got two thoughts on that. The first is, again, what is the goal? Because if the goal is to keep your marriage together, then yeah, you should probably keep having sex. But is that really the goal you want? Because if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting the same results. Things aren't magically going to get better because you keep having sex and you keep trying to be nicer. And if your goal instead is emotional health, then doing things which protect your emotional health are going to be helpful in the long run, even if it doesn't get you what you think you want right now. And, you know, by refusing to initiate or by saying, I'm not going to initiate anymore, what you really did was allow a light to be shone in an area where it needed to be shone. Because by having sex with him, you were essentially telling him we're okay, right? Like when you have sex with someone, you're kind of saying to them, our relationship is okay because we're still connecting. But when you stop having sex, then all of a sudden it lays bare all of these other things. And so I don't think anyone should do that lightly, but there are times when, okay, if having sex is causing me emotional unhealth, that does need to be dealt with and that does need to be addressed. And that doesn't always mean he's abusing you. It could just simply be that, you know, you're a trauma survivor and you need to work out some of your trauma or whatever it might be, but you need to protect your emotional health. And when you do that, then the health of every other part of your relationship is more likely to be evident. Another thing about like whether or not you should stop having sex, one of the analogies we used in The Good Guy's Guide is like a wedding ring or getting married is kind of like getting a driver's license, okay? So a driver's license gives you the right to drive. It gives you, it gives you legal permission to drive, okay? I am now sanctioned to drive a car. It does not give you a car that you can drive whenever you want. It just simply says, I am now sanctioned to drive a car. 
And when you get married, you're now in this relationship where sex is sanctioned, but it doesn't give anybody the right to sex whenever they want. And we need to think about that differently. You still need to, you know, put gas in the car. You still need to buy the car. You still do need to do some things in order to drive. (laughs) And in the same way, like sex should be the culmination of a healthy relationship. It isn't something which anybody has the right to. And so we just need to start thinking about this differently. And when we do, I think we're going to get a lot healthier relationships. Yeah. I agree. And I think women are worried, my listeners, so my listeners are married to abusive men who use pornography. So when we're talking about my particular set of skills, (laughs) I don't want to say that, but when I'm talking about these listeners in particular, I think their main concern is setting boundaries and being afraid of things getting worse. And it's true. It is true. When you have an abuser and you start setting boundaries, things will get worse. And that's really scary. And they get worse before they get better. And I understand that concern. But I always say if you make health and peace and safety your priority, you will get there eventually. You will make your way through the fog. You'll make your way through all the hard things that happen. And you will be able to find it, but it is a long road and it is a scary road and it is um, pretty miserable because you've got clergy and people all around you, you know, accusing you of what? You didn't have sex with your husband? Like that's a mortal sin. And you might get accused of being abusive. In fact, I'd say most of our listeners have been accused of being abusers themselves, withholding love, you know, all that sort of thing. So it is really scary, but the... The thing to consider is, do I want a life of peace? Do I want a healthy relationship? Do I want, you know, these things? And you're never going to know what's possible until you start making your way toward that. And it might mean that you end up divorced. And it might mean that you're able to have a healthy relationship with your husband that you've never been able to have before because you're actually saying, this is what I want. This is what I deserve. And maybe he'll step up to the plate. You know, we don't know these things until we start making our way down that road. But it's a really scary road to start walking down. And I'd say the general Christian population is really, really scared of it. They do not want you to do that. And I think it's really interesting that all of the pressure is on the woman to not start down that road. It's on her to be like, don't step down that road, rather than being on the man to say, hey, man, become healthy hey, man, you need to step up. There's really very little pressure on him to do anything. It's just all on the woman to say, don't, don't step there. Don't, mm-mm, don't do that. And so I think that's why also why it's so scary. And I think there's a reason for that. There's a reason why the pressure's on the woman. And that's because she's the one that's actually invested in saving the marriage. He doesn't want to save the marriage. He just wants someone to control. An abuser just wants to keep their victim the wife is often the one who really wants to save the marriage. And so she's the one who can be convinced to change. They can't convince him to change. And I think about all of the marriage books that especially Christian women read desperate to find the formula to change their husband. You know, they read power of a praying wife and they pray so hard. And that book, I really had a problem with that one because 
It said even early in the book, it had a whole list of husbands that can be changed through prayer. And abusiveness was one of the things that you could pray against. And it's like, no, honey, if he's abusive, you don't just pray against it, you get help. And there's so much lip service given to abuse, but there's so little honest attention paid to it in a lot of Christian marriage books. And I would just say to women who are really desperate, I know you want to save your marriage. I know you want things to be better, but please don't think that prayer is the answer. Prayer is the answer to helping you find peace and health. Yes. <laughs> but God doesn't force someone else to change. He gives us all free will. You cannot pray your husband to health. You can't. You don't have that kind of power. God doesn't even have that kind of power. Like <laughs> he gives us free will. And I'm not saying don't pray for your husband, but remember that God is not going to force your husband to change. What God can do, I think, is give you strength and fortitude and wisdom and insight and friends and support and all kinds of stuff to navigate these roads that are ahead of you. But I think so often we're searching for that magic formula, that magic prayer, that magic way to behave that's going to change everything. And it just isn't there. You can't make someone else change. And so ultimately we have to decide what does emotional health look like for me? And where am I most likely going to find it? That's the scary thing. I know it's scary, but I just hope that we don't add guilt to the mix where you feel like it's a failure if you start saying, no, I'm not going to initiate sex anymore. You know, it doesn't mean you're a bad wife. Real quick before a response, there are a lot of so-called betrayal trauma therapists or coaches or groups out there, but they don't approach pornography use or infidelity as an abuse issue, or they try to quote unquote treat both the abuser and the victim in the same setting, which is unethical. So if you hear something in this episode you relate to, check out the group session schedule at btr.org group. We'd love to see you in a group session today. Now back to our conversation. And now back to our conversation. If you're a really good wife, what you really want is the best marriage. A really good wife sets the bar high for an emotionally healthy, happy marriage. That's what a really good wife would do. She would say, let's have the best marriage in the world. And in order to have that, we really need to be connected. We need to be healthy. And I'm going to make my way toward that. And if you want to do that, fine. If not, I'm on my way to health, regardless of what you're going to do. That is what the world's best wife would do. And the world's best husband would be like, yep, me too. <laughs> right? We're both on our way to a healthy marriage. Yeah, this whole thing is really, really tricky and scary. And when it does fall apart, the victim always gets the blame too. And so that's another reason why it's really scary for women. But I think that if you have that as your goal, you'll be able to make it. When it comes to praying, I always recommend that women pray for deliverance. I think that's the best thing to pray for because then God can open things for you. He can part the Red Sea metaphorically. And if you have the faith and the confidence, you can walk through that. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be fun. You're going to have a lot of opposition, but God can deliver you and, and you can make your way out. And in some women's cases, the deliverance from the abuse may come in the form of their husband changing. It might, but we don't know what the deliverance is going to look like. I do think deliverance is a prayer that God can answer. Exactly. I love that. That is so good. <laughs> and you know, one of my big things as someone who talks to the other side of this whole issue, um, how do we get 
other religious leaders, Christian leaders, society leaders, whatever, to listen. Because I think your audience, the people that you talk to, they've all been crying out for years and people aren't listening. And I just want people to know I'm really trying to listen (laughs) and I want a healthy message to get out there. But also as a little bit of encouragement, like your voices are really strong. Your voices are strong. And I know it feels like everybody is against you. And if things fall apart, you know, you're going to be blamed. And that often is the case. But in the broader scheme of things, in the broader world, we are seeing people start to wake up to this stuff. And so I just want to tell people who maybe you're on the other side of abuse, you know, maybe you have escaped an abusive relationship, whatever, like keep speaking up. And when someone says something really dumb, don't just let it go. (laughs) Like speak up, leave book reviews, leave comments on social media. Like let's be loud because I think our voices are making a difference. I really do. Yeah, I agree. There have been so many things lately where there's a post that's really misogynistic, for example, or saying, hey, wives, make sure you're meeting your husband's sexual needs or something. And 50 to 100 sheroes, women who have been through this, are commenting on that. That is making a huge difference when you share this podcast or the other podcasts I've done with Sheila or you purchase one of her books or make a comment or, you know, those things are making a difference. And I agree. Our voices are becoming louder and louder and louder. And it's really actually an exciting time. It's a super exciting time to be able to have our voices heard. So even if it feels like no one's listening to you, if you just do a little bit, you know, share one article or, you know, something, it does make a big difference. And I think it might be that in your personal circle, no one's listening, but in the wider circle, they are. And people often have an easier time listening to strangers than to their sister, (laughs) which is terrible. It shouldn't be that way, but it's true. And so there's probably an abused woman out there praying for someone to get through to their pastor or their best friend, just in the same way that you are praying for someone to get through to your sister and your best friend. And you may not be able to get through to your sister, but you might be able to get through to someone else's sister and they might be able to get through to your sister. So the more we speak up to the strangers, the more we help ourselves in a way too. And I agree, like people publish these misogynistic posts that would have never raised a red flag even a year and a half ago. And now you can't get away with that anymore. And so I think things are changing. So just be encouraged. I think God does see you and God's doing an amazing thing and he's shaking everything. And I think he's going to war for his daughters who have been very mistreated. And so take heart and take courage because I think we're going to see some big changes happening soon. I do too. And one of the ways that you can help with this. Well, first of all, get Sheila's books, Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex and The Good Guy's Guide to Great Sex. In addition to The Great Sex Rescue, which The Great Sex Rescue really goes through these Christian books and says, this is why this doesn't work. This is why this isn't good. And it's all based on Sheila's research. You can find these books on our website at btr.org books. You can also find them on Amazon. But one thing is just to start talking about it with people, right? Have you read The Great Sex Rescue? Have you read The Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex? Have you read these books? Just in a general population, even if you don't want to talk about the fact that you're being abused, even if you don't want to talk about the fact that you've stopped having sex with your husband or something, even if you don't want to go there, it's a way to get the word out about these issues and just start these conversations that really helps get the word out. Mm-hmm. And, and just... 
I'm still discouraged that a lot of people aren't listening who should. <laughs> but I think what's happening is that the gatekeepers are losing power. You know, the people that used to be able to set the agenda, because we're all so loud, they're not able to set the agenda anymore. And so I think that should take some comfort. At least I hope it gives people some comfort. And that there's so many people who have been hurt. And even if the big names don't listen, there's an ever-increasing throng that is listening. And we just want emotional health and safety for people. And if you're not in that kind of a community, then I hope you can find one because they are out there, even if they are hard to find, but they are out there. Well, BTR is one of those communities where you are safe here and you listen. And I also think like for women of faith, so many of these abusive situations have also robbed women of their faith, right? Because they've had faith in their leaders. They've read these Christian books and then they realize, wait a minute, this led me astray right? I was put in further danger because of the advice that you gave me. So they feel betrayed. And so then what happens sometimes is then they also lose their faith, which always breaks my heart. So I want women, once they get to safety, once they feel like they have a place of peace, that takes a long time to get to that point in whatever form that takes, is maybe revisit um, some of that. Sarah McDougall does some deconstruction and reconstruction of faith, helping women so that they can keep those parts that are theirs, that really can help them. And it's the same thing with sex. A lot of women have lost sex. They've lost the interest in sex. They've lost their identity maybe as a sexual being or something. And once they're to safety and once they have emotional health, you can start considering that again, right? You don't have to lose your faith. You don't have to lose sex. You don't have to lose baking. If baking something that you lost in, as part of this abusive situation that you were in, you can start baking again, for example, right? And I just want women to, to know that this was a period of your life that you're gaining health from, and you will be able to be more healthy in the future. It's not that you have to give these things up forever or that they're not going to be part of your life. And then when they become part of your life again, because of what you've learned along the way, it will be so much more beautiful and real and healthy and actually maybe enjoyable this time rather than being so miserable. Yeah. And I just think the saddest part to me is that, again, we've stolen God from people because when we tell women, God wants you to give your husband sex when he wants it. God wants you to perform sexually. So he doesn't watch porn. We make God into our abuser and we make God into the one who is coercing us into sex. And so I just hope that as women go through the process of deconstructing all of these messages, that they will realize that was never God's voice and that that message hurt God too, because he never, ever wanted you to feel that. Thank you so much, Sheila. So you can find Sheila's books all over the internet. Her website is baremarriage.com. You can also find them on Amazon. Again, I highly, highly recommend The Great Sex Rescue. And her new books coming out are The Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex and Good Guy's Guide to Great Sex. So again, throw all your other sex books in the garbage and pick these up. Sheila is an amazing advocate, 
not just for women all over the globe, but for great sex for everyone. And I appreciate all of her hard work and also her willingness to stand for the truth in order to enable everyone to have great sex. So thank you so much, Sheila, for your hard work. Well, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. If this podcast is helpful to you, please help us reach other women by following or subscribing and giving us a five-star rating. Thank you for helping other women find us. If you've already purchased a copy of my book, Trauma Mama, Husband Drama, please circle back and give it a five-star rating. A lot of women are searching for books about betrayal trauma on Amazon, and rating Trauma Mama will help them find this podcast, which is free to everyone. Your donations keep this podcast going. Go to our website, btr.org, scroll to the bottom, click on Support the BTR Podcast. And until next week, stay safe out there.